Good morning to all of you again. It's good to be here with you all. Uh, today I'd like to share something out of the Gospel of Matthew as a starter. And uh, I would like to go into, from there I would like to go into uh, Romans chapter 12 verse 1 where it talks about giving our bodies a living sacrifice. And so, <clears throat> as a little bit of a, a context of the, of the message, I'd like to start with Matthew chapter 5, what Jesus said uh, to his disciples were in verse 13, where he said that you are the salt of the earth. And so I was thinking about, I was thinking for the last little while, I've been thinking about um, the way that Jesus would take uh, he, he would take examples or metaphors out of the out of real life and use them use that to teach us some spiritual um, truth that he wanted us to learn. And so, uh, in this particular one, he was telling his disciples that they are the salt of the earth, or you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. And I, I'm not going to go into that, but you now I was just fascinated again by the truth of the, of the matter that Jesus is able to take the things that we're familiar with and use those things to teach us something about the Christian life that is that that is what he uses to broadcast his fragrance throughout the world and in our and I, I would like to as we go through the message today I would like to uh, use some of the the teachings that he was telling us you know he said you're you are the salt of the earth and I would like to bring that earth back to to make it personal to us because uh, this this earth can be our little it can be our own our own little world that we live in it can be our own society it can be it can be um, yeah the place that the people that we are around and, and influence because that uh, in reality that's that's what he's teaching his disciples to be um, he's telling them that that's what they are, and so I was looking at the, uh, I was looking at salt. You know why salt? Why didn't why did he use salt? And interesting enough, we we still use salt today. In fact, uh, salt was very valuable in ancient times. In in the Bible times, salt was very valuable. People would use it for, to trade. People would use it to, for a lot of things because it had a lot of value. But some of the things that uh, some of the things that I found that salt is used for, and we're very familiar with it, is uh, it's used for flavoring, for one thing. It's uh, and so what Jesus is telling his disciples: I want you to to be a flavor to the world. Uh, the other thing it's used for, it's used for preserving. 
And so what Jesus was telling his disciples is, I want you to be the preservation of society or the world. Or it can be the preservation of your little world, it can be, which could be uh, your children, your family. Um, it could be uh, your workplace. It can be your, your little society, your little earth or your little world. Because sometimes we get too big of a picture maybe and, and we lose sight of what Jesus was really teaching his disciples. And so he's saying, I want you to, I want you to be the preservation of that. For good, to preserve something. Um, and then he's, it's, the other thing it was used for is to disinfect wounds. Salt was used for that for a lot of years. And uh, that's probably not the one that, we're, that is so attractive because there's a lot of pain involved with that. And, but it's still... Could it be that Jesus was... was was indicating that, uh, you know, your life is also going to be painful for some. And, you know, the, the Scripture would bear that out. As you study the Scripture, it would bear that out. You know, the Bible says that our life, for some it's a savor of life unto life, and the other it's a savor of death unto death. Um, the Bible says that we should not... Let's see, what, how'd they go? We should, I forget now exactly how it says. I think it's in maybe somewhere in... Ephesians, maybe, but it says that we should be, uh, we should rather reprove them. We should not be, we should not fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So that's the life of, that's the life of us. <clears throat> and so, uh, I like to think along those lines. Um, when Jesus said that we're the salt of the earth, he was talking about the kingdom of God, what the kingdom of the God does. You know, he taught his disciples the, the, uh, the, the prayer of what, what we call the Lord's Prayer. He, said, he says, uh, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the, the, far-reaching, the far-reaching effect that that could have, I think sometimes we... I think sometimes maybe we lose sight of of what we can be right here because we have our vision way out of what can be done way out in, in the distance, you know. And I would like today for us to focus on being faithful. You know, Jesus, I think it was Paul that said that we, we should be faithful in the least, or maybe it was Jesus that said that. We should be faithful in the least. And so what I want to encourage you to do is to be faithful where God has you. Not that you can't reach out. Yeah, I think we should try to reach out. Reach out. When I say reach out, I'm talking about uh, expand our vision and the horizon and all those things are good. But uh, we will only do that. We, we will only be successful in doing that as we are faithful where God has us today. <clears throat> and so that's what I want to focus on. Um, so you're the salt of the earth. Um, so how is, what does that actually mean? What does that mean for me in my life? How am I going to be salty to someone? How am I going to be 
preserving somebody or how am I going to put flavor in somebody's life or how am I going to disinfect somebody? We need all those, I think. You know, sometimes we need to put a dis, some disinfectant in a wound and sometimes we need to put some flavor in their life and sometimes we just need to preserve them. Um, in fact, Paul said at one place that we even we pull them out of the fire hating even the garments or the, you know that are stained with the world or sin. And so I think, you know, as we walk with Christ, uh, we just need to be to be willing to walk that way. Now let's turn to uh, Romans chapter 12. How am I going to live that way? Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your spiritual worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I want to point out here that uh, as we present our bodies a living sacrifice, it's both holy and it's acceptable to God. Do you believe that? If you can walk and live in that assurance that your life is both holy and acceptable to God, it gives you a lot of liberty. Because you're not trying to, to become holy. No, you are holy because of God's work in your life. You're holy and it's an acceptable sacrifice that is... Yeah, it's an acceptable sacrifice, and it is a spiritual life of worship. Because your life is, you know, you don't go and worship God somewhere. Your life is a worship to God. You know, there's some people that came to Jesus when he was living here on this earth, and he said, uh, some people say, you go here to worship, you go there to worship. Um and Jesus said, uh, I, don't, I, I can't quote it now, but it, the point he was making is uh, we, you know, the, the worshipers, I, I'll have to leave it. I didn't look that up. But it's something that came to my mind as I was looking, as I was thinking about this. I want to talk today about a living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable to God. And I think... I really believe that if we live that way, that is the salt that is the preservation, it's the salt that's the flavor, and it's the salt that is disinfectant. <clears throat> and, and Paul talks about it here. The sacrifice today is different Than it, was to, yet, than it was in days gone by. <clears throat> and yet it's not. <clears throat> the sacrifice in old times was at the expense of a life. Like, for example, um, could have been a goat or sheep, pigeons. It was, at, it was at the expense of a life. 
living a sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, is, is um, a surrendered life that is surrendered to Christ. <clears throat> so I'm going to look at a few scriptures in relation to that. In Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 1 and 2, it said, the Bible says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant a offering and sacrifice to God. Walk in love, <clears throat> again, our walk with Christ is not something that happened. Our walk with Christ is a walk of faith. And as we walk with Christ, we become that, what Jesus taught his disciples we should be, the salt of the earth. It says he gave himself up for us. He loved us and gave himself up for us. Now, what I like about this is he's pointing to, a, to something that he did past tense. He loved us. And he gave is something that, was, that is past tense for us. Christ was the initiator, or he was the, the forerunner for us. <clears throat> he gave himself up for us, an offering and sacrifice to God, which, is, which was acceptable when... Uh, when that voice came from heaven and told his and spoke to the disciples, he said, "This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased." <clears throat> he gave himself. No one took his life. He gave it. He gave his life. It wasn't taken from him. And I believe that's one of the things that's, that's, uh, that's key to us in finding, in the fact that we will be salt. That's holy and acceptable. A holy and acceptable sacrifice. You know, Abel and Esau both sacrificed something. But with one, God wasn't well pleased, and the other one, he was. And I think it was based on the fact that he did it in faith, or he believed God. He gave, rather than an act of duty. So in in Philippians chapter 2, I want to turn to that. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Do all things 
without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. I am glad and rejoice with you. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. Again, this is this verse bears out the thought that it is the fact that I am glad. And you know when you gladly pour out your life to Christ, it is because you recognize by faith that he he did something for me. He he paid for my sin. He paid for he paid for my he paid my sacrifice. He's my sacrifice and therefore I gladly pour out my life for him. A drink offering is what it says here. A sacrificial offering of your faith. And I'm glad and rejoice with you. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. And he's saying here, I want you to be without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. And I I would like to say that, you know, to be without blemish, without spot, the only way that you and I can can be that way is when we when we're trusting in Christ because he's the one without spot and without blemish. You know, we we make mistakes. We do things that we wish later sometimes we wouldn't have or we respond at the at the instinct of our flesh sometimes and sometimes we Sometimes we do things that we later have to go back and acknowledge, acknowledge the fact, yeah, yeah, that wasn't right. I shouldn't have done it that way. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. Um, and in, in realizing that, in, fa- in walking by faith, in, in the fact that Christ, that Christ paid for my sin and your sin, and that that's where our, that's where our peace, that's where our satisfaction lies is in that's how we gladly come and serve that's how we gladly come and uh, and give holy and acceptable sacrifice Philippians chapter 4 In verse 14, I'm going to start reading there. It was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once once and again. Not that I seek a gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment. I am more 
I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Again, being the salt and the light of the earth. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. And the reason I'm going this here, here is because I, I believe that I believe that as we as we gladly give, as we gladly not give, not just give, but gladly live our life as a servant of Christ. With a heart that is free, a heart that is free from guilt, free from condemnation, free from trying to appease our God because we recognize the sacrifice that has already been paid. It's finished. The work of redemption is finished. But because that work of redemption is finished, we are called to be disciples. We're called to be a light, a salt to the earth. We're not only called to be that. Jesus said we are that. It's important that we carry the right, the flavored salt. It's, it's important that we carry the uh, disinfectant salt. The salt that still that still has some value. The flavored salt, the disinfected salt, or the the preserving salt. It's important that we carry that in our life. It says in one place. That we should live that way so that when people see you, they will glorify your Father which is in heaven. Not to be saved. Not for us to be saved. We don't live that way for us to be saved. We live that way because we're saved. And we're carrying the salt of the earth. And when you and I do that gladly, When you and I can do that gladly, I believe that's when the salt is doing what it needs to, what it's supposed to do, what it's called to do. It's an active process. It's something that we walk in as believers. Something we... We progress in. Not necessarily saying we get better and better and better at it. We just do it again and again and again. And we keep walking that way. In First Peter chapter 2.
So put away, in verse 1, so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn, ba- like newborn infants, long for the, pure, for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen, precious, you yourselves like living stones, are built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. That's, That's a promise in the Word of God. You will, not, you will not be put to shame as you believe in him, you trust him. You know, here's a quote from uh, Corey Ten Boom that I have in, uh, on, uh, in my Bible here. It says, she said, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within you, you'll be depressed. <laughs> but if you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. And she had every right to say that because of the life that she lived, or what she'd been through. But I think it's very true. You're not going to find that rest looking at yourself, and you look at the world, and we know what that causes, you know. But if you look at Christ and what he's promised, you you can be at rest. And so I want to say that... You know, it, it, it says that uh, in, in Luke chapter 17, Jesus said the kingdom of God is within us. And so if you're here this morning and you feel like you have a, just a wee little faith, it really doesn't matter as long as, it, as long as it's an active, living faith. Because Jesus, again, used a, in, in one of his parables, he said this, that uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. And, you know, he said he used two very interesting words to describe what he, was, what he means by this. He said, a grain of mustard seed is the smallest of seeds. Isn't that interesting that he would use that? It's the smallest of seeds, indicating that if you have a faith, that's the smallest of faith. He said, but the kingdom of God, it's the smallest of seeds. It's like, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. Smallest, but then from that smallest of seed, it grows the largest tree. And I'm going to turn to that just so I don't misquote it in Matthew chapter 13. Because I want you to get it. I want you to understand that you do not have to be some spiritual giant in order to be a salty Christian. Matthew chapter 3, 13, I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 13 and in verse 31. He put another parable before them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. 
And this is how he describes this mustard seed. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants. He said that to encourage us. I'm convinced he did. So if that's where you find yourself this morning, you can still trust Christ. He'll make sure of the outcome. You don't have to worry about that. You just be a salty Christian. <laughs> I know that's supposed to be a term that we use today when somebody's upset. You know, that's not what it's talking about. <laughs> it means you're flavored, you're a disinfectant Christian, and you're, uh, you're preserving you're, pre- you're preserving your society. You be a salty Christian, you'll be preserving your society. So there you have it. That's the Word of God. That's what, he, that's what He taught us. That's what He taught His disciples. And He's still teaching us that. And you can take this Word and make it a part of your life, and it will encourage you. It will make you strong. It will make you flavorable. You'll be flavored, you know. People, people will like you, maybe, some of them. It will make you, it'll make you, uh, dis, you know, sometimes you'll be disaffected. You say, no, that, I think you need this in your life. Um, and you'll be preserving society as you do that, or the world is what it says here. What Jesus said is the world, actually. So how can I be that Christian? Maybe that's what you're asking. How can I be that Christian? David said this, the sacrifices of God are a broken and a contrite heart. He didn't stop there. He said, God will not despise that. The promise comes right with that. I love those little, I love those quotes in the Bible. I love those uh, reminders myself. Because it helps me to realize that, you know what? The Christian life isn't based on my own strength. It's not based on how well I do, but it is based on how well I trust my Savior and walk with Him. Um, Hebrews chapter 13. I'm going to read a couple verses there. Verse 14, here it says, Here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of our lips that acknowledge his name. He says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. It's very simple. If you want to be a salty Christian, that's how you live your life. And what it'll do, it will disinfect and it will encourage, it will flavor and it will preserve if you live that way. I believe. 
So Jesus told, Jesus told his disciples in John, except if corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth a lot of fruit, much fruit. <clears throat> so I'm going to leave you with that. Um, God bless you, hopefully. Uh, if it didn't do anything else, maybe made you thirsty to search the word of God. Find your, you know, and embrace the word of God. Embrace his promises. So God bless you.